Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee, and you can call me hashtag Boss Lee or the People's Mentor, and this is episode 407 of the show. This is actually a really, really good interview that I did, and some of you might have seen this interview on IGTV, where I also did go live, but I know a lot of you really love this in audio form, and so I wanted to make sure that I also got it on here for you today. This is a conversation all about different direct sales. It is a super generic conversation, but I will tell you it is extremely powerful, and so if you listen and take notes, you're going to love it. This is not an episode I would listen to without taking notes. So I'd make sure you, I don't know, pull over your cars, get off the treadmill, do whatever. Um, but make sure you screenshot it, put in your story and tag me. I've been responding and resharing a lot of your, um, posts to the podcast. So I really appreciate it. And this is definitely not all about network marketing by any stretch of the imagination. So I think this is a great episode to, uh, to share. Uh, speaking of what you're hearing on this episode is me, like I said, having an interview with somebody in just the general direct sales field. And anything that could be perceived as an income claim is not guaranteed and cannot be guaranteed. If you choose to participate in a network marketing company, it is very hard work. And by no way are my results typical. So I just want to remind you guys of that this morning while you listen to this or this evening or whenever you listen to it. And I do want to read a reviewer of the show. We are making a push for 2,500 five-star reviews. So please make sure you get your five-star reviews in. Tell somebody about the show if you are learning something from it. Today's review of the show is OMG Game Changer by Candace Stafford. Five stars. Jesse Lee, oh my God. I was stuck uncertain and not sure if I was where I was supposed to be. I wasn't sure of my purpose, but after listening to you for hours a day, everything turned around. Oh, I think I read this, but I don't care. I'm going to read it again. It's so good. <laughs> I'm a mobile dog groomer, so I work alone. My team probably thinks I'm nuts because I drop these episodes multiple times a day. I started implementing your advice, and my business and team is coming back to life. I'm back. That fire is ignited again. I know this podcast saved my business, saved my purpose, and saved my dreams. So when I hit that million-dollar club, I'll be sending you a million thanks. Taking messy action today. Thank you so much, XOXO Candice. I appreciate you so much, and I hope you guys love episode 407 of the show. For everybody to meet the one, the only, the unbelievably gorgeous, looking phenomenal this morning, <laughs> Jesse Lee Ward. How are you? Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag Boss Lee. I'm really excited to be on here. And to answer your question, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I actually, I'll just tell you, I took it as an excuse to do my makeup because um, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but when you work from home seven days a week, 365 days a year and you look like a dump truck 99% of the time and you're like oh you got an interview I'm like I'm okay I'm doing it I'm putting on a face and so I took the opportunity so thank you actually to you um for giving me the opportunity to uh I mean I could do it any day I suppose but uh today felt like we just don't right we just don't it's so much easier to just like when you're driven like women like you when you're so driven you don't want to bother with the whole getting ready thing you know you're not going to be in front of a camera you just want to get to work you want to dive in so let's dive in and talk about you okay cool can you tell us your story like where where were you what was your situation before you got started in direct selling yeah, so uh, my situation before I got started in direct selling, I guess like I'll give you the, uh, I'll give you that I was already an adult version, right? So I'll leave out all the crazy childhood stuff and all of that, which I actually, I'm super grateful for. I think it made me exactly who I am. So there's that. But I was working in a pathology lab. I was a research assistant uh, before taxes, I guess I was making like $32,000 a year. And the crazy thing is everybody celebrated me, right? I was 22 years old. Everyone's like, Oh my God, Jesse Lee with her, 
you know, good job in her government benefits, you know, so I'd go to, you know, family dinners, you know, whatever the normal stuff. And you know, everyone was so proud of Jesse Lee and her big girl job. Oh my God. You know? And uh, little did they know that I was, I was struggling. So it was like every two weeks, my money was already gone um, and not on frivolous stuff. But I guess, you know, after taxes, what am I taking home? Like 20 grand a year. Um, and I, you know, was robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, I was the girl who would tell her friends, no, I can't go out. Um, I'm just so tired or like, oh, I don't, I don't like that restaurant or whatever it was. I was constantly making excuses as to why um, I wasn't doing anything, you know, and I was just paying bills like my car payment or like my rent or whatever. And the big aha for me is uh, I was living in a basement. I was renting a room in a basement and the person whose basement I was renting said, okay, your rent is increasing by $300 a month. And I went, which is a lot when you're what? Right. It's a lot for anybody. Like if somebody told me now your rent's increasing by $300, I'd be like, well, then I'm moving. Like that's ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so I kind of went, uh, that's not good. What am I supposed to do? And jokingly, the person actually said, I don't know, one of those at home businesses. And I'm like, and I responded with what? Like Avon, you know, kind of being like silly, if you will. And they said, well, yeah, like Avon, like those things. And I, I mean, I, I physically reacted. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, those are scams. Like I'm not going to sell Avon. Um, you know, cause when you don't know better, you just, you don't, you don't know better. And then when you know better, you do better. So that was, that was 10 so funny. and a half years so ago. So funny because and, that was you know. exactly my reaction. I didn't say Avon. I said Tupperware. Well, same same thing, Tupperware? you know, like I wouldn't, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. So it started, I mean, I literally went online and I um, Googled at home businesses that make the most money. And it's just, I, I couldn't get a kit actually right away because I had no money, no extra money. And so I went and I applied that day for a credit card and I got approved for a $500 limit, which is how everybody knows I'm not lying about being broke because, you know, in America, uh, you can get approved for a lot of free money. And, um, I bought a $300 starter package on January 11th, no, January 7th, 2011, and uh, found network marketing instead of direct sales in um, October of 2015, and so I've been a network marketer, very proud network marketer for almost six years now. That is amazing. Really yeah. incredible. Yeah. What? Yeah. So... Talk about your journey, though, because that's a long stretch of time between 2011 and we're recording this in July of 2021. Yeah. So in between that time, you've had your ups, you've had your downs. What has been one of the most fabulous parts for you of either direct selling or network marketing? And I love the fact that you um, distinguish between the two, because there is a difference between network marketing and direct selling. There really is. So we can talk about that, too, if you'd like. Yeah, we can totally talk about that because I get asked that probably more than anything. So it'd probably be really beneficial. Um, as somebody who's been in both, uh, I have probably a unique perspective on the two professions. So ups and downs, yes, inevitable. First thing I'll say in that is if you're somebody where you're like, oh my God, like everything, you wouldn't appreciate the ups without the downs. And I, I train on that all the time. I say that all the time. And, you know, even when I'm in a massive upswing, like, you know, I'm speaking specifically today, today's a great day. 
Like two weeks ago, I was in a down. Like my, my team's mailing me, you know, candy and ice cream. And they're like, you're so sad. Go, you need to eat this ice cream and get fat. I'm like, Angela, stop it. You know, and she's like, no, you're not happy. Like you need to go somewhere. And then I went on this, like you appreciate the high, 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 high highs when you've lived the low, 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 low lows. And so when I look at my life, even just my whole life, not just the last 10, almost 11 years, when I look at the conglomeration of who Jesse Lee is, you know, like I, I get really excited when the highs are high because I know what it's like to struggle or I know what it's like to feel like you're being bullied or made fun of, or I know what it's like to get attacked on the internet. That's not fun. Okay. I know all of these things. Um, and it actually makes the nice comments and the shares and the likes and the, you know, podcast downloads and the, uh, you know, whatever it is, it makes those nice comments actually sweeter because, I still to this day get attacked by the psychopaths, you know? I still get the haters who are like, oh, she's a scam artist, she's manipulative, she's the devil herself, you know? And like those, I don't care who you are, you could be, I love that you're shaking your head like, what the hell? <laughs> they don't feel yeah, good, just... I don't care who you are. And so um, I say all that to say, like, the peaks are the peaks because the valleys exist. The darkness is, uh, the, the light is light because of the darkness. The waves crashing in the ocean make you appreciate the still sea, um, whatever it is that's going on in your life and in your struggle. And so I just say that to everybody because we, we all have crap. Um, but I've had some beautiful moments, Lisa. Oh my God. Um, and every single- is, though, all of the thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but nope. I just want to, I just want to point out, like you wouldn't be where you are today if you didn't have those lows, if you didn't have those downs, if you didn't have those attacks on social media or wherever it was, or the haters, because you're resilient, you're gritty. That's why you're successful. It's yeah. all of those down moments where you're doing all of your growth and getting harder and getting grittier and digging in and refusing to give up and never quitting. So then the peaks come back. Oh, yeah. Do you and, agree with that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like one of the Marina worries, she gave me three words. I don't remember all. I remember the first one was obsessed. She said I'm the most obsessed person she's ever seen. I'm like, oh, I love it. Um, and then determined. But she inside of determined put like all these other words, you know, consistent and the grit and the hustle and the whatever. And then the third. Mm, I don't remember what the third word was. I'll have to like listen back to the interview I did with her. But, uh, but anyway, whole, whole point being, yeah, I mean, it just goes back to everything you're, you're taught. Like think about kids who have really traumatic childhoods. They either end up following the exact path of the trauma, you know, that their parents' life was led maybe or whatever, or they go the whole opposite direction. This is what always happens. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, I think through all the gross stuff that goes on in people's lives, that's where the grit and the hustle and all that good stuff does definitely come from. So there's that. Um, but, but the, the ups are so worth it. Like, Oh my God. You know, and it's, and it's funny because when I think about, Oh, the ups, people might think, Oh, she's going to talk about her cars or, you know, the houses or the investments or whatever. And no, and I like all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm human. I don't want to pretend I'm a saint, but when I think about the people, the people, so as an example, uh, here in Texas now we have, I don't know, I guess it's like a group of eight or nine of us last night. We were all out. Everyone's a multiple six-figure annual earner. Um, and all of them, when I met them, were literally in the poorhouse. Like, all of them 
were horrible. Like, like not like horrible people, like scraped together money to buy packages, borrowed money, you know, open credit cards, uh, you know, literally yard sales of stuff in their house. Like if their kids would have known they sold those toys, the kids would be pissed, you know, like all these people. And now we're sitting there and it's like, we've gone out to these fancy dinners now, like, you know, multiple nights in a row. No one's, you know, people are randomly buying each other's dinners just cause, uh, you know, everyone's driving a luxury vehicle, not just me. And to see what my back to grit, grit, determination, hustle, whatever you want to call it has developed around the people I love. That's what it is for me. Like it could be anything else, but the beautiful moments that I have in my life, it's watching other people cross the stage. Um, Fraser Brooks and I are, that's like my, that's literally my best guy friend. I had him interview two of my leaders for his like newest course or whatever. He messaged me. He's like, do you want to be in this? Uh, some social media. I don't know what it is, whatever. And uh, I said, no. He's like, well, who are some of your best content producers? I said, yes. Oh my God. Like, stop using me to teach and train. I know I'm good, but do you know the bombs that I have mentored? Like use them. Like they, you, it'll still sound like me, you know, cause I mentor them, you know, but I'm just kidding. They have their own personalities too, but like, how cool is that? So, well, oh my God, I love it. I mean, I'm obsessed. I'm wondering if you're, you know, attributing a lot of your success sounds like it's from your abundance, your abundance mentality, right? You don't want to be the star. You don't want to be in the spotlight. You want to pass that on to your mentors. To, I'm sorry, to the people that you've been mentoring. So what's the trick? Okay, so we're out here, you know, we're all building our, our businesses. Maybe you're in direct selling, maybe you're in network marketing, maybe you're just in sales, right? What is the key? Is it, is it finding people who are hungry? Is it finding people who are coachable? You're the people's mentor, right? So mentor us, girl. <laughs> I love it. So, so there's a couple of things. So first of all, uh, Eric Worry is my mentor. And so he would tell you the only people you should be working with are coachable, leadable, and hungry. Like, are they coachable? Are they actually leadable and are they hungry? And as you develop through your business, you'll start seeing there's a lot of people who are one, which is hungry. They're like, my life sucks. Ah, like they've got the hunger, but then they totally lack the ability to be led. Like you say, great, like let's go do X, Y, Z. Let me give you some tasks. Let me, and they're like, well, like my old sponsor one time a million years ago. I don't care what your old sponsor said, okay? I don't care what your old business said. Uh, you chose me as a leader. Are you gonna let me lead you or are you gonna drive me crazy? Because if you're gonna drive me crazy, I'm literally not spending time with you. And then you've got the people who have, they're, they're leadable and they're hungry, but then you give them coaching assignments and they literally do nothing. I have zero time at this point in my life for people who I give them assignments and I say, go do this, go make this live, go do this TikTok, go make this post, go post three times a day, go follow up with these people, go do whatever, whatever, whatever. And they are so full of excuses. I'm like, guess who just lost their ticket to the Jesse Lee show? You. Of that. I love You're, it. We're done here. It's like, so I don't true. have time. Um, but I don't even remember the original question. You got me all hooked on Eric for a second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you have no totally answered the question. You okay, really good. did. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you find these people and they, they want to create a better life for themselves, but something gets in their way. And the question becomes, how can you help them? You know, yeah. you can't want it for, you know, for them more than they want it for themselves, right? Well, that's, that's exactly that? it. I mean, 
that's actually, um, I think it was Eric that said this on stage one time years ago. Um, he said, your biggest strength and your biggest weakness is your heart. Cause I love people so much. It's a weakness. It's a weakness. Like I have this big, huge bleeding heart for the people who are struggling, for the people whose lives just aren't making sense. And so I want to scoop them up and I want to hook them and I want to bring them to the, you know, the promised land or whatever. And then because of that, it also turns into a weakness where for, you know, months and years, sometimes I have literally effectively body dragged people right? Um, which obviously is a weakness. And so the conversation becomes, what are the boundaries you're going to set? Because if you're not setting boundaries in your business or in your relationships or in your friendships or in anything, um, you're going to have issues. I'm actually reading, um, rereading, I suppose, this Dr. Shafali book. I, I didn't even follow anything of hers until Most Powerful Women. Um, and I grabbed her book and I love it. And she's talking about like more people just need to do what brings them the actual joy in their lives. And so many people spend so much of their time chasing what other people say should make them happy. And I actually had one of these realizations, which is why I, I like getting stuff out. So like, there's no, there's no drama, everything's good. But I live 10 minutes away from 10 of our biggest leaders, which might make you think I see them all the time, might make you think uh, it's like all day, every day, we're hanging out, we're, you know, going out, or I don't even know, whatever. And, and I'll tell you, like, I've got one of my biggest leaders here right now, her name's Kayla, and she's like, it's so funny because her Instagram story, she lives in Wisconsin, she's here visiting, I flew her down for like some, some mentorship for a couple days, and like, her Instagram stories are hysterical. Like they're like, oh, when you think you're going to hang out with Jesse Lee and what you're actually going to do is you're going to sit and you're going to work for 20 hours out of the day. Like, <laughs> like that's it. Like, I don't care. Did I, I have to get my nails done? Well, you better leave, give me one hand so that I can still do my thing, voice to text, like whatever. We have work to do. And so we were at family dinner on Sunday. I've missed every family dinner. Um, I was out of town. It wasn't like an intentional thing, but I've missed every family dinner since one of the cornerstones pillars of our organization moved down here. And some of the kids actually started the conversation. They said, Oh, like we only have seen Jesse Lee one time. Like where's Jesse Lee been? And then the parents were kind of being like, you know, the leaders were like, yeah, Jesse Lee, we only see you. Da, 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 da. And I literally was like, I, I get it. Like you don't see me all the time because do you understand what I'm doing? I'm creating a legacy for all of your families. Like if I don't show up, if I don't to put in the work, then you don't have anything to run towards. I'm the pace setter for all of your families. And so I had that moment where I was like, oh my God, I, and many people do this, go, I even did it for like 30 seconds. I'm like, Shit. like, am I being like the bad friend? Like, am I, oh, thanks Nikolai. Am I being the person who is like not fulfilling my duty as like the mother of the organization. And then I went, Jesse Lee, stop. Right. Your job is actually to have a fulfilled life for you. Your job is to have a, a life that is so fulfilled for you that when other people look at you, they're inspired to change their lives. And if you are a diluted, unhappy, unfulfilled version of you and what makes your heart set on fire, then how does that transfer out 
to them and what makes them happy. And so in that one moment, my closest group of friends, they weren't intentionally shaming me, okay? Like they're amazing. But I even that moment went, oh my God, this is why people say they stay in bad relationships, right? Like, oh my God, if I divorce him, then like, what is my, what is my mother gonna think? What is my best friend gonna think? I built, like whatever, start living your life. And when I started doing that, it transferred into our organization. It let me love them the way they needed to be loved and it allowed me to love me the way I need to be loved. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. But here's the question. Like, like you have so much energy and so much drive. And no, I did. I'm kidding. You're already successful. <laughs> you are already successful. You've already made it. You've already got that legacy, right? What do you think keeps you going? What do you think keeps that fire lit? Okay, so it's, the chase, it's a great question. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I love that question because um, I might look very successful to you or to anybody listening or watching or whatever. And I know I'm successful, like, as a general statement, okay? Objectively, right. Great, great use of the word. To me, (laughs) I, there's no alarm that wakes me up for the record. Like, I wake up every day. I could have gone to bed at 2 in the morning. I'm up at 6, 6.30, and I'm like, let's go. Like, there is so much work to be done. I'm not tired because my dreams are getting me out of bed. And a lot of that, I'll give everybody kind of an assignment, speaking of assignments, like get around hungrier people. Like it might look like my life is as good as it can freaking get. But let me tell you, when you have friends who have actual air hangers full of supercars and you only have four, it makes you go, well, I think there's work to be done here, okay? When you've got actual friends that you text on a weekly or sometimes daily basis who have five private jets that they own, you don't really feel like queen of the hill anymore. When you have friends who own billion-dollar companies and your company is doing $150 million a year, you don't feel like you've made it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's a lot of stuff in my life where, yeah, I know, like my life is good. I only fly first class. I can say I'm going to Madrid on the first because I feel like it. I can say, I don't care. Where do we stay? What do you want to do? Where are we going? What do we, like, I, yeah, I want to go shop. I want new luggage, whatever. But I'm hungry because I think I'm hungry because I know what it's like to have an awful life. And so for and me... And you don't want to go back there. No, like a lot of my grit and my determination actually comes more so from... I feel that. And I empathize with that feeling. Um, I heard a podcast one time years ago where somebody was saying there's two types of people. There's people who they're very incentive-driven... So like, I don't know which one you are, but like a carrot, you know, like a carrot gets dangled. Do you want the car? Do you want the trip? Do you want the the money? And they will run for that. And then there's people who on the other side are stick driven. So like, right? Like something is chasing them. And for me, I'm like a blend. I'm almost like a hybrid. I still very much so remember what it's like to struggle. I still very much so remember what it's like to have siblings and yourself that are not eating enough. I remember what it's like to get made fun of because your clothes don't fit right. I remember what it's like to literally, I didn't see the ocean until I was like 16 years old, right? Um, I, re- I know, all, and I'm from Maryland, which makes like no sense. It's a two hour drive. I say all of these things to say, 
I do know what it's like to struggle. And so when I see struggle in people's eyes, I'm like, there is a different way. There is a better way. There are other things you can do. There are options. Come with me. And on days- Let me show you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's not to say I don't chill when I need to chill, because I think that's important too. Fill your cup, read a book, go on a vacation, you know, whatever. Have a nice dinner. Go ahead, spend time with friends, do whatever. For you, get massages, whatever. But- I know that past. I know what it's like to have a car that doesn't drive and you're not sure if it's going to turn on. I know what it's like to not be able to pay rent on time. I know all this stuff. So if I know that that's there, there's something in me that just makes me keep going. So I don't get tired. People are like, you're going to burn out. I'm like, no, I'm really not. Cause I still have so much more to go over here and you use the word legacy, which is one of my favorite words. I have these like bracelets on my wrist. One says icon and one says legacy. Like I got babies to make Lisa. Okay. Like there are, there are babies to be made. So yes, I've broken generational curses, but my parents were no parents, not by choice. Okay. If I want to say no to my child or children, I want to, I'm going to say no to my kids because They don't need to be told yes if they're being misbehaved or they don't need to be told yes for every single little thing. But when my little legends come out, you know, and they like want to play, I don't know, soccer, I'm going to get them the best coach and they're going to have the best whatever they need or they're going to go, they want to play piano. They're going to have private lessons. They're going to have all this stuff. And so, yeah, my life is taken care of, sure. But what legacy are you actually going to leave behind? Is it going to be a small legacy or is it going to be something big? A little like joke I say sometimes is um, I'm like, you know, people know like the top person in their bloodline. You know what I mean? Like I do. Like there's people, if you go to school, which like obviously we all go to school, but if you go to school and people will say like, oh, who are you related to? Right? People are like, I'm related to Benjamin Franklin. I'm related to Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh my God, I'm related to Pocahontas. Like everybody's got like this person, you know, that they talk about, this person. And it's like, why don't you be the Abraham Lincoln of your bloodline? Like, why does it have to be seven generations detached from you? Why can't you be right. the one so you who's want to be the standard. creator? You want yeah. to be that. And, and so it's really funny that you talk about people who are either pushed from behind by that snake, that demon, that fear, or there's like this little um, trinket, a pair of earrings, a car, a pair of shoes. I think you and I are very similar in terms of being pushed by the snake. And I don't know if you ever listened to Ed Milet's podcast. Yeah, of course. But he talks about, yeah, he's talked about this. And it's that... Um, blissful dissatisfaction. <laughs> Say it again. He always talks about blissful dissatisfaction. I love that. Blissful dissatisfaction, 150%. And that's what you're, that's what you're talking about right now. Because it is not about the things for you. I know that you enjoy the things. Who doesn't enjoy the things? But it's not about the things. It's about that Jesse Lee inside who is still in that basement, you know what I mean? Who never fucking wants to be back there again and who wants to find all of the Jesse Lees out there and take who were there, who are in need, who are in want, and you want to bring them along. And that's what I want as well. 
Yeah, I think uh, there was a really awesome shift that was made in the just network marketing profession as a whole, probably right around like 2015, 2016. Oh, there's, uh, you know, next meeting. <laughs> uh, anyway, like 2015, 2016, because obviously we had a company shut down by the FTC and they said that there weren't customers in it. And obviously it got reopened, but it was, it was too late, you know? And I'll tell you that I'm really thankful that's when I came into the space because like for me, I've never had the let me go recruit recruiters thing about me. Talk about that. Like, I think that was network marketing of the past. There's a lot of people who will do the whole, oh my God, it's a pyramid. It's a this, it's a that. Like these people jump all over companies and you know, whatever. And when I joined the profession, that was almost, that was like already done. Like nobody does that anymore. There's a couple companies out there that I could just rip apart right now for sure, who still their entire tactic, it seems like, of building businesses, like go attack, you know, big leaders, go offer contracts to other people. But those are so few and far between these days. Like there's no big networkers leaving anymore. And the reason that nobody is doing that anymore, I can't, shouldn't say nobody that's globalizing, but very few and far between are doing this jumping, 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 jumping thing is because these are real businesses with real customers, right? Real businesses with real customers. So my mindset shifted to, okay, how do I get literally like millions of thousandaires, you know, instead of having a handful of multimillionaires? That was the difference. So my entire business model has been built very foundationally. Like there's, it, it like I'm done fighting these people on the internet because you can't fix stupid. I should have just remembered that to begin with. <laughs> but like, they're so dumb. If you look at the shape of my organization, it is a brick sh- house. Like it's ridiculous. The amount of people making 300, $500, $1,000 a month that is $12,000 a year. That is $6,000 a year. That is some amount of money a year, $4,000 a year. Oh my God, I just did math. Anyone listening to this that knows me is like blown away right now. I'm so bad at math. Like, I'm blown away. That's a lot of money. You can't tell me $4,000 a year is not a lot of money because that was the exact amount of money that I needed to keep the roof over my head 10 years ago. So, um, you know, and even yeah. if, let me just stop you right there. Even if you have money, even if you're comfortable, even if you're married, your spouse is doing well, you're doing well, what's wrong with a couple $500 or $1,000 a month to put away for the vacation, to put away for the college, to put away for the private piano lessons? I mean, you don't have to come from absolutely nothing in order to experience the benefits of joining any no, of the and, and I think the product. To go to like the direct sales network marketing conversation, I think that's something I actually love about, loved about direct sales was it was like a lot of women, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of women who came in and it was like when I was coaching them 10 years ago, 10 to eight years, 10 to what, 10 to six and a half years ago, it was, our team was mostly comprised of moms who were sick and embarrassed to ask their partner for money to go out with their girlfriends or money for their shoes, or they really wanted like a Louis Vuitton bag or something. And there's no way they were going to ask their husband, Hey, like I've got this really important purchase I want to make with your money. Cause I take, you know, and I know it's not your money, you know, cause it's a household or whatever, but they're so focused on 
being at home with their children, which is a totally full-time job. I respect women so much who do that, but they lose their identity. They lose their identity. And so having something that is totally supplemental doesn't need to be a full-time income at all for them to feel worthy or feel like they're contributing or feel like they have value. You know, like I'm so thankful again that I started in direct sales because I, is network marketing better if you ask me a billion times? Can you describe for our listeners the difference between direct sales and network marketing? Oh my God. We didn't cover that yet. All right, everybody grab a drink. All right. Like an alcoholic (laughs) beverage. Okay. Grab it. Now this is your, this is your, uh, your 30 second warning. Go get your wine, go get your vodka tonic. All right. Whatever you want. This is, I don't know what time it is. It's five o'clock somewhere. All right. Go get, I don't know. You're a beer drinker. I'm going to keep rambling till you got your beverage. No, I'm kidding. All right. In all seriousness, um, I first of all want to express very real gratitude for direct sales because again, everything is my opinion, but it is way harder than network marketing. Um, I'm also grateful I cut my teeth in direct sales because in direct sales, you literally are essentially using the company as a vendor. So you're usually getting wholesale pricing because you have this giant company sending you massive amounts of inventory and then you retail it at really whatever cost you want, but then there is a retail cost that they set. So in my direct sales company, uh, as one example, I learned how to do taxes. <laughs> I learned how to manage a calendar. I, I learned how to um, hostess coach, you know, because I was in people's homes face to face. I learned relationship skills. That's why I'm really good on Zoom. Nobody's bored when they watch me on the internet because I had to hold a room for an hour and a half. You know, I'm like putting up presentations and like razzle dazzling people. Um, I really had to learn how to cross sell and upsell because in direct sales models, it's a lot of upfront. Meaning it's a lot of, again, that wholesale pricing where you're going to make 30% on a product, 25% on a product sale, 40% on a product sale. You're really running your own business, checks and balances, all kinds of stuff. Okay. But there's like no residual income. Yeah. None. There isn't. Yeah. None. And, you know, when people talk about, oh, it's the same thing. It's a completely different business model. Uh, And I don't mean this to be funny, but I really believe that the direct sales models really prey on women. And I mean like prey. And they, they bank on the idea that women aren't that good at math and won't look into it because if you give them a whole bunch of numbers, they're gonna go, whoa, 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 whoa. That's like a lot. Like we got a lot. What the hell is compression? What the hell is a left leg and a right leg? What the hell is a team volume, a GV, a BV, a TV? Like they are hoping that they can convince enough women that all the money is so easy. You're making 60%. Really, are you Karen? Are you, or are you making them also take care of hostess credits and driving to said people's parties and running their own discounts and then paying for their own order forms? And I mean, I remember all of it. Okay. I did it for four and a half years. And again, I'm grateful, but I remember, and this is just a pivotal moment. And it's so funny because I, I do investments now with the person that actually introduced me to network marketing and was trying to tell me this, right? And I did not want to hear it. So those of you, like, I'm not trying to convince it. I'm not trying to recruit anybody. I'm just trying to educate right now. 
I was like, get the hell out of here. His name's Chris. I'm like, get the hell out of here, Christopher. I don't know you. Like, I don't know you. You don't know me. Like, I don't know you. You don't know me. And he just said, look, you're posting your sales on your Facebook. I can see how much you're selling. I can see what your team is selling. And I'm like, well, you seem very angry, okay? Because I'm very happy and I'm not recruitable. <laughs> I told him, I said, I'm not recruitable, Christopher. I'm not recruitable. So I tell him, right? And he said, that's fine. Just plug your numbers into any network marketing compensation plan. And I'll be right here in Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, this cocky MF, you know, like, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. And I will tell you, I will never forget where I was. I was in a hotel in Chicago in the lobby and I looked and I would have been a million dollar earner and I was making $175,000 that year at 26 years old and I collapsed in a corner because I realized I was being robbed simply based off of generational compression and residual payout. Not even all the extra bonuses you see in network marketing that yes can be like, whoa, what a car bonus or this bonus or what? Like it's overwhelming, sure. You don't need to know all the nitty gritty. You just need to know there's a better way. And that's all I needed to know. Nine days later, I joined my first network marketing company. <laughs> I made a million dollars my first year. And the, I mean, incredible. it was nuts. But when you're getting paid out, no, I get a residual check every month. But do you? Because 6511, that's the percentage. I was top rank. 6511 with a minimum order. I had to make sure I was doing minimum sales of $4,000 a month. And I had to have two personal recruits every month at the top kit. Or I did not even get that check of 6511 with no compression. You're That's banking crazy. You're banking on the idea that every recruit you get is going to be the best, which we all know does not actually happen. So a 6511 could be a Jesse Lee recruits Elisa. Well, that's a bad example because I'm sure you're freaking amazing. So a jo Jesse Lee recruits Joe, who recruits Bab, who recruits Lisa. Joe and Bob join the witness protection program. Doesn't that's matter true. in party plan. Does not matter. I'm getting paid yeah, 1% when I'm working with you all day, every day, because you're the coachable one in the line. And so there's a million other things, but it's like, it's just so flipping different. And when I get asked questions still every single day, well, what's my, what's my monthly minimum? I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh my God, you have party plan direct. You have, you have, you have party plan PTSD. What are you talking about? <laughs> how much inventory do I need? What are you talking about? This is not a party plan. Well, how many people do I have to recruit? None none what they look at they, they look at me like i'm a seven-headed monster way. and i'm like right. there's a different way it's a different profession things have changed in the last six years in particular like we already talked about you need to open your eyes this is just a very intelligent business model and coming from a woman who i don't know how much you know about me i own a lot of businesses it's not just network marketing it's just that network marketing spanks all of the other ones, the other ones cost me so much to operate. It's insanity. If you have an entrepreneurial pee in your brain, okay, you should be looking at network marketing. You should be talking to a network marketer who can coach you, guide you, teach you, train you, mentor you, because I'm telling you, you are missing the boat. You are paying rent. You are paying electric. You are paying water. You are paying for repairs. You are paying for staff. You are paying for payroll. You are paying, 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 paying. Everything is paying. When are you going to start earning? Amen. You have no idea. You just preached it all out there. And I hope you guys heard this because I, this, 
It is unfathomable to me that people still think that network marketing is a scam or a pyramid scheme or don't want to get involved because they don't want to be that girl or they don't want to annoy their friends. What are you talking about? I'll be that girl all day. <laughs> okay. Call me that girl. I don't care. But like, don't ask me for a ride in any of the cars. Don't ask to travel with me. Don't ask to eat steak dinners with me because I, that girl lives this life. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have no idea how much time I have left with you. Um, but I want, I have one more question that I really want to get in there if we have time. Yeah, let's go. Cool. Okay. I want you to talk about the difference between, cause I, I wrote, I have a huge chapter on this in my book. Okay. The discipline, the difference between motivation and discipline and how discipline is freedom. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. It's funny. I just recorded a podcast yesterday about discipline being freedom. So holla. Okay. Here's the thing is that discipline or motivation is an emotion. If anybody's taking notes on this, when you're listening, motivation is an emotion. It changes very quickly. It's just like if you're sitting around and you're waiting for like, okay, I'll give, I'll, I'll give the comparison. That's nothing to do with business. Some of you are in relationships where you're so, you feel so good about them until like they don't text you when you expect them to text you. And then you go, I'm emotional, I'm emotional. He doesn't even like me, she doesn't even like me anymore. Like that's emotions. And a lot of you, you're running your business in this highly, highly emotionally charged place. If you're ever around me in a business capacity, you can ask anybody who is mentored closely by me. They're like, is Jessie Lee mad or no? She should be mad about that, shouldn't she? Oh my God, she's so calm. How is she always so calm? Oh my God, she never gets mad. How does she literally never get mad? Oh, is she mad? Uh, uh, uh. Because if your highs are super, super high and your lows are super, super low, I can tell you your business has super high months and really low months based on your emotions. That is motivation. That to me is not what you can withstand a business with. For me, it's like every day I'm in the discipline. Every day I get up, like I said, very early. I'm reading, I'm replying, I'm following up, I'm creating content, I'm doing what I need to do. Like everything gets done because the freedom is in the discipline. You don't get to travel to the Maldives because you were motivated for a contest. No, because then when somebody laughs at you or calls you that girl, that guy, you're like, oh my God, am I that girl or that guy? Okay. Then you're, you're ruined emotionally because, uh, somebody says you're comparing yourself. Comparison is part of this motivation issue. I don't care what your business looks like. No offense. I don't care what anybody's business looks like. I care what my business looks like. I'm comparing me to me. Am I better this month? Are my sales better this month? Is my recruiting up this month? Are my group sales up this month? Am I taking my company up this month? That's what I care about. I don't care about what XYZ company's doing or what XYZ cross line's doing or what. I don't care. Because that's going to ruin motivation. What you're really looking for is you're looking for inspiration, which will keep you more disciplined. So I love that that's something you clearly like to talk about too, because when you're inspired, it doesn't matter. I don't know why the rock just came. It doesn't matter what your name is. I don't know why. Okay. But anyway, like it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. I don't know why. I've never said that in my life, but whatever. Like, I don't know. Maybe Dwayne Johnson's going to reach out to me and we're going to be best friends. Maybe that's what God's telling me right now. I don't know. But anyway. 
So like, we'll put out like a, a tequila line together next time or something, but yeah, I digress. I really digress down the rabbit hole, but um, right. that's that ADHD superpower of mine. But like, I'm, I'm too inspired. I'm way too inspired. I'm too inspired to change the world. I'm too inspired to literally save people's lives. I'm too inspired to shift people's paradigms. I'm too inspired for the legacy of my family. I'm too inspired and I'm, I'm too inspired to quit. I'm too yeah. inspired to quit. Yeah. And, and, and when you have your discipline, you don't have to rely on anything other than that and yourself. And the freedom comes because you get your shit done and you move on. And you're not entrenched in guilt or shame that you didn't work your business or that, right? You don't have to bother with any of those negative emotions because emotion is out of it. A, B, C, and D need to get done. We're going to do it. And then we get the freedom of enjoying the rest of the day or the next pursuit or adding something else onto our plate. Right. Right. So I, you, you know, you're nodding. So I'm, you know, well, in this one, I will tell you is like, it's so powerful because I'll give everybody like a little assignment every day. You just need to do not that many things at all, but what if every morning or every day, I don't really care. You do like three to five things that you know will move your entire business and life forward. That's it. You know, I think people look at really quote unquote successful people and they say, oh my God, what, what does she have that I don't have? Well, I'm just gonna tell you nothing. There is nothing that you don't have that I have. It's, it's just, I have more developed skills. I have more developed talents. How did that happen? Because on days when I didn't feel like doing anything, which for the record is a lot of days, <laughs> just realistically, then I kept doing it. It didn't matter. You look at, and it starts with that little catalyst. Like what's going to be the fire starter for you? Maybe it's this interview. Maybe it's a conversation you have with a friend. I don't really know. Okay. I don't really know what it's going to be for you to move you forward. But like all of us have avoidance behaviors. But how, how long are you going to keep avoiding the things you need to do in your life to get you where you need to go? Um, I started doing that whole five thing a day. I guess it started almost three years ago. And on that list, one day I put podcast. I put start a podcast. And I wasn't going to go to bed until I won my day. This is Andy Frisella's thing. And it was three o'clock in the morning. And I was in my office at my house in Maryland. And I literally was leaned up against a wall, half asleep. And I had bought all the fancy stuff. And I had, you know, the, the mixing board and the headphones and the microphone and the whatever the hell else. And I was really emotional and upset. Like I was literally crying. I'm like, I don't know how to use this stupid microphone. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know how to use a stupid microphone. I'm getting all upset and flustered. But this is what we do. We create excuses for why our life isn't where it is. I'm like, Jesse Lee, are you really, you're, you're gonna lose the day? It's three in the freaking morning. All day long, you've been putting off this podcast. And I like leaned my back up against the wall and I sat on the floor and on my phone, I recorded a podcast that now has 3.5, 3.7 million downloads at time of recording this. And I say it to you because where do you think I'm recording the podcast right now over three years later? Right there on that On my same, not same phone, but same freaking app on my phone. Like, 
It's the same in people's businesses though. There's so many little things. I don't, I don't have the right, uh, the, the right backdrop. I don't have the right telephone. I don't have the right internet. I don't have the right, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut up. Yes, you do, you do. But we keep making these excuses about everything. Just go do something. You're not confident enough. How do you think you get confidence? Oh my God, I'm on a tangent. Uh-oh, Lisa. How do you think you get, how do you think you get confidence? You get confidence by doing things. You get confidence by learning one little skill. You know, you, you mentioned Clubhouse earlier, which before we started recording, I think it was, yeah. Like, yeah. you might get on Clubhouse and go, oh my God, they're so freaking smart. Oh my God, they know everything about everything. Do you realize that person probably read one article, read three chapters out of a book, watched one conference, and then they seemed like a genius because 99% of people won't do a damn thing. 99% of you, literally, you could go read one book on network marketing. You could make $200,000 in your first year, but you won't read the freaking book. Or you'll listen to somebody like me who is a top, the top network marketer in the freaking world right now, who's obviously got an opportunity. I'm not trying to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, whatever. Okay. I'm not trying to cross any boundaries here. And you won't have a conversation with them. You won't message me. You'll sit in your house and go, damn it. Another day of pushing credit cards over to like, are, when is enough enough for you? Because That's it didn't take that long for me to go. I hate how I'm living. I'm 22 in a basement. This sucks <laughs> for me to say something has to change or I'm going to have the most miserable freaking life ever. And I can't do it because that's all generations after generations after generations have ever done in my family. And this does not feel good to me. I'm going to be different. Yeah. And you are. And you did it. And you're right. The belief happens after the action is taken. You don't have to have That's the That's good. Action. Write that down. The belief happens after I did the action write is taken. In my book. It's so fun. good. I'm just saying, like, everyone listening better pen and paper that one, man. That's yeah, good it's so stuff. True. It's so, so, so true. That was fire. You have to take the action, whether you think you can do it or you don't think you can do it. And then you're like, oh, my God. I just recorded that podcast on my phone. I can do it. I believe in myself. More confidence. Now I can take the next step. So make the phone call. Do the video. Even if your hair isn't perfect. Even if you don't have a great backdrop. Even if whatever. None of it matters. None of it matters. Right? You're 4,000% correct. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, I love that you talked about the power list and doing three things or five things a day. And, you know, I, I don't know if we've talked about it, but for God's sake, I put two things a day on the dice. Have you seen these? No. Dude, these are all, these, I'm going to send you a pair. Okay. okay? They're, they're income producing activities. You That's roll cool. the dice in the morning, you get your two things a day, you execute Fire. Them, you go on with the rest of your life. <laughs> Wow, I like that. Could it be any more simple than that? But that's my whole point is, what if, you, what if they did one thing a day? Most people do nothing. One thing better than no thing. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Oh my gosh, I think I've taken up way too much of your time. Hey, it was fun. I, I love it. I have gone over. I appreciate you so much coming on and sharing your wisdom with us and sharing your your thoughts and, and your experiences and your history with us. And I hope you'll come on again. Um, 
And uh, I just appreciate you so much. I appreciate you too. Thank you for having me. And uh, if you need anything, feel free to reach out. Sounds like I'll see you in a couple of minutes. So I'll let you get a breather and some water and uh, I'll see you there. Take it easy. Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye, Lisa. Bye.